2a. The province of Isabella lies to the east, Nueva Vizcaya and Lepanto border the area on the south, and Lepanto and Abra border it on the west. The Gontoc culture area lies entirely in the mountains, and, with the exception of two pueblos, it is all drained northeastward into the Rio Grande de Cagayan by one river, the Rio Chico de Cagayan, but the Rio Cebu, coursing more directly eastward, is a considerable stream. Today one main trail enters Bontoc province. It was originally built by the Spaniards, and enters Bontoc Pueblo from the southwest, leading up from Cervantes in Lepanto province. From Cervantes there are two trails to the coast. One passes southward through Baguio in Bangat province and then stretches westward, terminating on the coast at San Fernando, in Union province. The other, the one most commonly traveled to Bontoc, passes to the northwest, terminating on the coast at Can, in the province of Ilocos Sur. The main trail, entering Bontoc from Cervantes, passes through the Pueblo and extends to the northeast, quite closely following the trend of the Chico River. In Spanish times it was seldom traveled farther than Basau, but several parties of Americans have been over it as far as the Rio Grande de and since November, 1902. A second trail, also of Spanish origin, but now practically unused, enters the area from the south and connects Bontoc Pueblo, its northern terminus, with the valley of the Magat River far south. It passes through the Pueblos of Mayambang, Quayangan, and Benai. In the province of Nueva Vizcaya, the main trail is today passable for a horseman from the coast terminus to Tinlan, three days beyond Bontoc Pueblo. Practically all other trails in the area are simply wild footpaths of the Idro. Can, the coast terminus of the main trail, lies in the coastal plain area about 414 miles from the sea. From the coast to the small Pueblo of Concepcion at the western base of the Cordillera Central is a half-day's journey. The first half of the trail passes over flat land, with here and there small pueblos surrounded by rice cementers. There are almost no forests. The latter half is through the coastal hill area, and the trail frequently passes through small forests. It crosses several rivers, dangerous to ford in the rainy season, and winds in and out among attractive hills bearing clumps of graceful, plume-like bamboo. From Concepcion the trail leads up the mountain to Tilag Pass historic since the insurrection because of the brave stand made there by the young, ill-fated General Del Pilar, the climb to Tilug Pass, from either side of the mountain, is one of the longest and most tedious in northern Luzon, the trail frequently turns short on itself, so that the front and rear parts of a pack train are traveling face to face, and one end is not more than eight or ten rods above the other on the side of the mountain, the last view of the sea from the Canon-Bontoc Trail is obtained at Tilug Pass, from Concepcion to Angaki, at the base of the mountain on the eastern side of the pass. The trail is about half a day long. From the pass it is a ceaseless drop down the steep mountain, but affords the most charming views of mountain scenery in northern Luzon. The shifting direction of the turning trail and the various altitudes of the traveler present constantly changing scenes mountains and mountains ramble on before one. From Angaki to Cervantes the trail passes over a deforested rolling mountain land with safe drinking water in only one small spring. Many travelers who pass that part of the journey in the middle of the day complain loudly of the heat and thirst experienced there. Cervantes, said to be 70 miles from Cannes, is the capital of the dual province of Lepanto Bontoc. Bontoc Pueblo lies inland only about 35 miles farther, but the greater part of today's is usually required to reach it. 
20 minutes will carry a horseman down the bluff from Cervantes, across the swift Abra if the stream is fordable and start him on the eastward mountain climb. The first Pueblo beyond Cervantes is Cayenne, the old Spanish capital of the district. About 25 years ago the site was changed from Cayenne to Cervantes because there was not sufficient suitable land at Cayenne. Cayenne is about 4 hours from Cervantes, and every foot of the trail is up the mountain. A short distance beyond Cayenne the trail divides to rejoin only at the outskirts of Bontoc Pueblo, but the right hand or lower trail is not often traveled by horsemen. Up and up the mountain one climbs from about 1.800 feet at Cervantes to about 6.000 feet among the pines, and then slowly descends, having crossed the boundary line between Lepanto and Bontoc sub-provinces to the Pueblo of Bagnan the last one before the Bontoc culture area is entered. It is customary to spend the night on the trail, as one goes into Bontoc, either at Bagnan or at Sagadot, a pueblo about two hours farther on, only along the top of the high mountain, before Bagnan is reached. Does the trail pass through a forest otherwise it is always climbing up or winding about the mountains deforested probably by fires. Practically all the immediate territory on the right hand of the trail between Bagnan and Sagadot is occupied by the beautifully terraced rice cementers of Belugan. The valley contains more than a thousand acres so cultivated. At Sagadaw lime rocks some eroded into gigantic, massive forms, others into fantastic spires and domes everywhere crop out from the grassy hills. Up and down the mountains the trail leads, passing another small pine forest near Ankiling and Titipan, about four hours from Bontoc, and then creeps on and at last through the terraced entrance way into the mountain pocket where Bontoc Pueblo lies about 100 miles from the western coast, and, by government and a right barometer, about 2.800 feet above the sea. Marks of Bontoc culture It is difficult and often impossible to state the essential difference in culture which distinguishes one group of people from another. It is more difficult to draw lines of distinction, for the culture of one group almost imperceptibly flows into that of another adjoining it. However, Two fundamental institutions of the people of Bontoc seem to differ from those of most adjoining people. One of these institutions has to do with the control of the Pueblo. Bontoc has not developed the headman the principle of the Spaniard, the backman of the Bangadigra the one rich man who becomes the Pueblo. Leader. In Bangat province the headman is found in every Pueblo, and he is so powerful that he often dominates half a dozen outlying barrios to the extent that he receives a large share, often one half of the output of all the productive laborers of the barrio, immediately north of the Bontoc area, in Tinlayan. The headman is again found. He has no place whatever in Bontoc. The control of the pueblos of the Bontoc area is in the hands of groups of old men, however, each group, called in Chuktukan, operates only within a single political and geographic portion of the pueblo, so that no one group has in charge the control of the pueblo. The pueblo is a loose federation of smaller political groups. The other institution is a social development. It is the Oleg, an institution of trial marriage. It is not known to exist among adjoining people, but is found throughout the area in which the Inchuktukan exists. They are apparently coextensive. I was repeatedly informed that the Oleg is not found in the Banai area south of Bontoc, or in the Tinlayan area east, or among the Tingian to the north, or in Bangat far southwest or in Lepanto immediately southwest though I have some reason to believe that both the Inchuktukan and Oleg exist in a crumbling way among certain Lepanto Idro. Besides these two institutions there are other differing marks of culture between the Bontoc area and adjoining people. 
Some of these were suggested a few pages back. Others will appear in following pages. Without doubt the limits of the spread of the common culture have been determined mainly by the physiography of the country. One of the two pueblos in the area not on the common drainage system is Lias. But Lias was largely built by a migration from Bontoc Pueblo the hotbed of Bontoc culture. Barlig. The other pueblo not on the common drainage system both Barlig and Lias are on the Sedua River. Lies between Lias and the other pueblos of the Bontoc culture area and so naturally has been drawn in line and held in line with the culture of the geographic area in which it is located its institutions are those of its environment. The Bontoc Man Introduction The Bontoc Idril has been in Bontoc longer than the endurance of tradition, for he says he never lived elsewhere, that he never drove any people out before him, and that he was never driven, and has always called himself the IPUK or IFUGAO the people. This word for people survives not only throughout the province of Bontoc but also far toward the northern end of Luzon, where it appears as a Palau or Yaos. Bontoc designates the people of the Quayongan region as Ifugio, though a part of them at least have a different name for themselves. The Bontoc Idril have their center in the Pueblo of Bontoc, pronounced Bantac, a Spanish corruption of the Idril name Fontac, a common native word for mountain, the original name of the Pueblo. To the northwest their culture extends to that of the historic Tingian, a long-haired folk physiographically cut off by a watershed. To the east of the Cordillera Central the Tingian call themselves it negative. To the northeast the Bontoc culture area embraces the Pueblo of Beso, stopping short of Tinlayan. The eastward limit of Bontoc culture is fixed by the Pueblos of Lias and Barley, and is thus about coextensive with the province. Southward the area includes all to the top of the watershed of Polis Mountain which turns southward the numerous streams feeding the Rio Magat, the Pueblo south of this watershed Lubang, Gizang, Benai, etc. belong to the short-haired people of Quayongan culture. To the west Bontoc culture extends to the watershed of the Cordillera Central, which turns westward the various affluents of the Rio del Abra. On the southwest this cuts off the short-haired Lepanto Idro, whose culture seems to be more allied to that of Bangat than Bontoc. The men of the Bontoc area know none of the peoples by whom they are surrounded by the names history gives or the peoples designate themselves, with the exception of the Lepanto Idro, be it negative, and the Ilocano of the west coast. They do not know the Tingian of Abra on their north and northwest by that name, they call them it negative. Farther north are the people called by the Spaniards Nabayuganes, Aripas, and Ipugaos, to the northeast and east are the Kalingas, Comunanjas, Biabonanes, Daigs and Gaddens but Bontoc knows none of these names. Bontoc culture and Kalinga culture lie close together on the east, and the people of Bontoc Pueblo name all their eastern neighbors it negative the same term they apply to the Tingian to the west and northwest, because, they say, they all wear great quantities of brass on the arms and legs. To the south of Bontoc are the Quayonga Nidro, the Benai division of which, at least, names itself Nayoyet, but whom Bontoc calls Ifugio. They designate the people of Bangat the Idru of Bangat, but these peoples designate themselves Ibioloi in the northern part, and Gonkaene in the southern part, neither of which names Bontoc knows. She has still another set of names for the people surrounding her people whom she vaguely knows are there but of whom or of whose lands she has no first-hand knowledge. The people to the north are Amyanan, and the northern country is Lobod, the Dayab are the eastern people, while Barlag is the name of the eastern and southeastern land. Abiyajatan are the people of the south, and Ifilag Abiyajatan, is the south land, 
the people of the west are Ilaodi, and Ifilaglaodi, or Lokao the provinces of Ilocos Norte and Ilocos Sur is the country lying to the west and southwest. Some of the old men of Bontoc say that in the past the Igoro people once extended to the seacoast in the provinces of Ilocos Norte and Ilocos Sur. This, of course, is a tradition of the prehistoric time before the Ilocano invaded northern Luzon, but, as has been stated, the Bontoc people claim never to have been driven by that invasion, neither have they any knowledge of such a movement. It is not improbable, however, that traditions of the invasion may linger with the people nearer the coast and farther north. Historical sketch it is regretted that the once voluminous historical records and data which the Spaniards prepared and kept at Bontoc were burned tons of paper. They say probably late in 1898 or early in 1899 by Captain Angels, an insurato, however, from scanty printed historical data, but mostly from information gathered in Bontoc from Igro and resident de Locano. The following brief sketch is presented, with the hope that it will show the nature of the outside influences which have been about Bontoc for the past half century prior to American occupation. It is believed that the data are sufficiently truthful for this purpose, but no claim is made for historical accuracy. It seems that in 1665 the Spanish governor of the Philippines, Governor General de Diego de Salcedo, sent an expedition from Manila into northern Luzon. Sometime during the three years the expedition was out its influence was felt in Fidelison and Tonaling, two pueblos in the western part of the Bontoc culture area, for history says they paid tribute. It is not probable that any considerable party from the expedition penetrated the Igro mountain country as far as the above pueblos. After the year 1700 expeditions occasionally reached Cayenne, which, until about 25 years ago, as has been stated, was the Spanish capital. In 1852 the entire territory of present Lepanto Bontoc and a large part of northern Nueva Vizcaya were organized as an independent distrito, under the name of Valdi Cayenne, and a few years later, though the author does not give the date, Bontoc was established as an independent distrito. The Spaniards and Ilocano in and about Bontoc province say that it was about 50 years ago that the Spaniards first came to Bontoc. The time agrees very accurately with the time of the establishment of the district. From then until 1899 there was a Spanish garrison of 200 or 300 men stationed in Bontoc Pueblo, Christian Ilocano from the west coast of northern Luzon and the Christian Tagalog from Manila and vicinity were the soldiers, the Spanish commandante of the distrito, the head of the political military government, resided there, and there were also a few Spanish army officers and an army chaplain. A large garrison was quartered in Cervantes, there was a church in both Bontoc and Cervantes. In the district of Bontoc there was a Spanish post at Sagada, between the two capitals, Bontoc and Cervantes. Farther to the east was a post at Tukacan and Salkansalkan, and farther east, at Baso, there was a post, a church, and a priest. Most of the Pueblos had Ilocano presidents. The Igros say that the Spaniards did little for them except to shoot them. There is yet a long, heavy wooden stock in Bontoc Pueblo in which the Igra were imprisoned. Igra women were made the mistresses of both officers and soldiers. Work, food, fuel, and lumber were not always paid for. All persons 18 or more years old were required to pay an annual tax of 50 cents or an equivalent value in rice. A day's wage was only 5 cents. So each family was required to pay an equivalent of 20 days labor annually. 
In wild towns the principal men were told to bring in so many thousand bunches of poly the unthreshed rice. If it was not all brought in the soldiers frequently went for it. Accompanied by Igra warriors, they gathered up the rice, and sometimes burned the entire pueblo. Apeb, the principal man of Tinlan, was confined six years in Spanish jails at Bontoc and Vigan because he repeatedly failed to compel his people to bring in the amount of poly assessed them. They say there were three small guardhouses on the outskirts of Bontoc Pueblo, and armed Igra from an outside town were not allowed to enter. They were disarmed, and came and went under guard. The Spanish commandantes in charge of the province seem to have remained only about two years each. Saldera was the last one. Early in the 80s of the 19th century the commandante took his command to Barley, a day east of Bontoc, to punish that town because it had killed people in Tulubin and Samoki. Barlig all but exterminated the command only three men escaped to tell the tale. Mandicota, a Spanish officer, went from Manila with a battalion of 1.000 soldiers to erase Barlig from the map, he was also accompanied from Bontoc by 800 warriors from that vicinity. The Barlig people fled to the mountains, losing only seven men, whose heads the Bontoc cut off and brought home. Commandante Villamirs is reported to have taken 20 soldiers and about 520 warriors of Bontoc and Samoki to punish Tukukan for killing a Samoki woman. The warriors returned with three heads. They say that in 1891 Commandante Alfaro took 40 soldiers and 1.000 warriors from the vicinity of Bontoc to Ankiling, 60 heads adorned the triumphant return of the warriors. In 1893 Nevis is said to have taken 100 soldiers and 500 warriors to Sandanga, they brought back one head. A few years later Saldera went to clear up rebellious Sagada with soldiers and Igra warriors, Bontoc reports that the warriors returned with 100 heads. The insurrectos appeared before Cervantes two or three months after Saldero's bloody work in Sagada. The Spanish garrison fled before the insurrectos, the Spanish civilians went with them taking their flocks and herds to Bontoc. A thousand pesos was the price offered by the Igro of Sagada to the insurrectos for Saldero's head when the Philippine soldiers passed through the Pueblo, but Saldero made good his escape from Bontoc, and left the country by boat from Vigan. The Bontoc Igro assisted the insurrectos in many ways when they first came. About two miles west of Bontoc is a Spanish rifle pit, and there the Spanish soldiers, now swell to about 600 men. Lay in wait for the insurrectos. There on two hilltops an historic sham battle occurred. The two forces were nearly a mile apart, and at that distance they exchanged rifle bullets three days. The Spaniards finally surrendered, on condition of safe escort to the coast. For fifty years they had conquered their enemy who were armed only with spear and axe, but the insurrectos were armed with guns. However, the really hard pressing came from the rear there were still the axe and spear and few soldiers from quartel or trench who tried to bring food or water for the fighting men ever reported why they were delayed. The feeling of friendship between the Igro and Insurrectos was so strong that when the Insurrectos asked the Igro to go to Manila to fight the new enemy the Americans, 400 warriors, armed only with spear, battle axe, and shield, went a three weeks journey to get American heads, at Calucan. Just outside Manila, they met the American army early in February, 1899. They threw their spears. The Americans fired their guns which must be brothers to the thunder. The Igro said and they let fall their remaining weapons. And, panic-stricken, started home. All but 13 arrived in safety. 
they are not ashamed of their defeat and retreat, they made a mistake when they went to fight the Americans, and they were quick to see it, they are largely blessed with the saving sense of humor, and some of the warriors who were at Kalukan have been known to say that they never stopped running until they arrived home, when these men told their people in Bantak what part they and the Insurrectos played in the fight against the Americans, the tension between the Idru and Insurrectos was at its greatest, the Insurrectos were evidently worse than the Spaniards, they did all the things the Spaniards had done, and more they robbed through falsehood, consequently, Insurrectos frequently lost their heads, Major Marsh went through Bantak close after Aguinaldo in December, 1899, the Idru befriended the Americans, they brought them food and guided them faithfully along the bewildering mountain trails when the Insurrectos split and scattered anywhere, everywhere, fleeing eastward, northward, southward, in the mountains, when Major Marsh returned through Bantak, after following Aguinaldo into the heart of the Quayongan area, he left in the Pueblo some sixty shoeless men under a volunteer lieutenant, the lieutenant promptly appointed any Locano president, vice president, secretary, and police force in Bantak and also in Sagada, and when the soldiers left in a few weeks he gave seven guns to the officials in Bantak and two to those in Sagada. A short time proved that those officials were untrustworthy men, many were insurrectos who had dropped behind Aguinaldo. They persecuted the Idru even worse than had the insurrectos. They seemed to have the American army behind them and the Idru stood in all of American arms. The crisis came, and Idru obtained possession of one of the guns, and the Ilocano chief of police was killed and his corporal wounded. This shooting, at the time apparently unpremeditated, but, in reality, carefully planned and successfully executed, was the cause of the arrival in Bantak Pueblo of the first American civilians. At that time a party of 20 Americans was at Fidelison, a long day northwest of Bantak, they were prospecting and sightseeing. The Ilocano sent these men a leper, and the Idro sent a messenger, begging them to come to the help of the Pueblo. Three men went on August 27, 1900, they were Truman K. Hunt, M.D. Mr. Frank Finley and Mr. Riley, the disagreement was settled, and several Ilocano families left Bontoc under the protection of Mr. Riley, August 9, 1901, when the Board of Health for the Philippine Islands was organized, Dr. Hunt, who had remained in Bontoc most of the preceding year, was appointed superintendent of public vaccination and inspection of infectious diseases for the provinces of Bontoc and Lepanto, he was stationed at Bontoc. About that time another American civilian came to the province Mr. Reuben H. Morley, now Secretary Treasurer of the province of Nueva Vizcaya, who lived nearly a year in Tulubin, two hours from Bontoc. December 14th Mr. William F. Smith, an American teacher, was sent to Bontoc to open a school. Early in 1902 constabulary inspectors, Lieutenants Louis A. Paulus and Ernest A. Ekman, also came. May 28th, 1902. The Philippine Commission organized the province of Lepanto Bantak. On June 9, Dr. Hunt was appointed Lieutenant Governor of the province. May 1, 1903, Dr. Hunt resigned and E.A. Wagger, M.D. became his successor. The Spaniard was in Bantak about 50 years. To summarize the Spanish influence on the Idru and this includes any influence which the Ilocano or Tagalog may have had since they came among the people under Spanish protection it is believed that no essential institution of the Idru has been weakened or vitiated to any appreciable degree. No Idru attended the school which the Spaniards had in Bantak, 
Today not an idro of the Pueblo can make themselves understood in Spanish about the commonest things around them. I fail to detect any occupation, method, or device of the idro which the Spaniard's influence improved, and the idro flatly deny any such influence. The Spaniard put the institution of Pueblo president pretty well throughout the area now in province. But the president in no way interferes with the routine life of the people he is the mouthpiece of the government asking for labor and the daily necessities of a non-productive, resident foreign population. The tax levied was scarcely in the nature of a modern tax, it was more the means taken by the Spaniard to secure his necessary food. In no other way was the political life and organization of the Pueblo affected. In the realm of religion and spirit belief the surface has scarcely been scratched. The only Idril who became Christians were the wives of some of the Christian natives who came in with the Spaniard, mainly as soldiers. There are now eight or ten such women, wives of the resident Ilocanos of Bontoc Pueblo. But those whose husbands left the Pueblo have reverted to Idril faith. In the matter of war and headhunting the effect of the Spaniard was to intensify the natural instinct of the Idril in and about Bontoc Pueblo. Nineteen men in twenty of Bontoc and Samoki have taken a human head and it has been seen under what conditions and influences some of those heads were taken. An Idro, whose confidence I believe I have, an old man who represents the knowledge and wisdom of the people, told me recently that if the Americans wanted the people of Bontoc to go out against a Pueblo they would gladly go, and he added, suggestively, that when the Spaniards were there the old men had much better food than now. For many hogs were killed in the celebration of war expeditions and the old men got the greater part of the meat. The Idru is a natural headhunter, and his training for the last 60 years seems to have done little more for him than whet this appetite. So Matlagi man the Bontoc men average about 5 feet 418 inches in height, and have the appearance of being taller than they are. Again and again one is deceived by their height, and he repeatedly backs a 5 foot 7 inch Idru up against a 6 foot American vainly expecting the stature of the brown man to equal that of the white. Almost never does the Bontoc man appear heavy or thick-set, as does his brother, the Bengadidro the human pack horse seen so constantly on the San Fernando Baguio Trail muscularly one of the most highly developed primitive people in the world today of 32 men measured from Bontoc and vicinity the shortest was 4 feet 918 inches and the tallest was slightly more than 5 feet 9 inches. The following table presents the average measurements of the 32 men, average measurements of Bontoc men measurements centimeters stature 160.287 spread of arms 165.684 head length 19.212 head breadth 15.203 cephalic index percent 79.1328 nasal length 5.25625 nasal breadth 4.1625 nasal index percent 79.191 from these measurements. It appears that the composite man the average of the combined measurements of 32 men is mesatocephalic. Among the 32 men the extremes of cephalic index are 91.48 and 67.48. This first measurement is of a young man between 20 and 25 years of age. It stands far removed from other measurements, the one nearest it being 86.78, that of a man about 60 years old. The other extreme is 67.48. The measure of a young man between 25 and 30 years of age. Among the 32 men, 9 are brachycephalic that island their cephalic index is greater than 80, 20 of the 32 are mesatocephalic, with cephalic index between 75 and 80, and only 3 are dolichocephalic that island the cephalic index is below 75. 
The nasal indexes of the 32 men show that the Gantat man has the medium or mesorheme nose. They also show that one is very extremely platterheme, the index being 104.54, and one is very leptorheme, being 58.18. Of the total, five or leptorheme that island have the narrow nose with nasal index below 70. 17 men are mesorheme, with the medium nose with nasal index between 70 and 85 and 10 are platterheme that island the noses are broad, with an index greater than 85, the Gantat men are never corpulent, and, with the exception of the very old, they are seldom poor, during the period of a man's prime he is usually muscled to an excellent symmetry, his neck, never long, is well formed and strong and supports the head in erect position, his shoulders are broad, even, and full muscled, and with seeming ease carry transportation baskets laden with 75 to 100 pounds. His arms are smoothly developed and are about the same relative length as the Americans. The hands are strong and short. The waistline is firm and smaller than the shoulders or hips. The buttocks usually appear heavy. His legs are generally straight. The thighs and calves are those of a prime pedestrian accustomed to long and frequent walks. The ankles are seldom thick, and the feet are broad and relatively short. And almost without exception, are placed on the ground straight ahead. He has the feet of a pedestrian not the interim feet of the constant bearer of heavy burdens on the back or the outturn feet of the man who sits or stands. The perfection of muscular development of two-thirds of the men of Bontoc between the ages of 25 and 30 would be the envy of the average college athlete in the States. In color the men are brown, though there is a wide range of tone from a light brown with a strong saffron undertone to a very dark brown as near a bronze as can well be imagined. The sun has more to do with the different color tones than has anything else, after which habits of personal cleanliness play a very large role. There are men in the Bontacadro constabulary of an extremely light brown color, more saffron than brown, who have been wearing clothing for only one year. During the year the diet of the men in the constabulary has been practically the same as that of their darker brothers among whom they were enlisted only 12 months ago. All the members of the constabulary differ much more in color from the unclothed men than the unclothed differ among themselves. Man after man of these latter may pass under the eye without revealing a tint of saffron, yet there are many who show it faintly. The natural Igro never washes himself clean. He washes frequently, but lacks the means of cleansing the skin and the dirtier he is the more bronze-like he appears. At all times his face looks lighter and more saffron-tinted than the remainder of his body. There are two reasons for this because the face is more often washed and because of its contrast with the black hair of the head. The hair of the head is black, straight, coarse, and relatively abundant. It is worn long, frequently more than halfway to the hips from the shoulders. The front is banked low and square across the forehead, cut with the battle axe, this line of cut runs to above and somewhat back of the ear, the hair of the scalp below it being cut close to the head. When the men age, a few gray hairs appear, and some old men have heads of uniform iron gray color. I have never seen a white-haired idro. A few of the old men have their hair thinning on the crown, but a tendency to baldness is by no means the rule. Bontoc Pueblo is no exception to the rule that every Pueblo in the Philippines has a few people with curly or wavy hair. I doubt whether today an entire tribe of pay.